0: The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center, and now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. You may think concussions only happen to football players, but that's not necessarily the case. Concussions can happen for all sorts of reasons, including a crash or a fall, or yes, even while playing sports. My guest today is Dr. Jason Weller. He's a sports medicine physician in the Department of Neurology at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Weller, what a pleasure to have you here, and and this is such a great topic. Tell us a little bit about the prevalence of concussions and the most common causes that you see.
1: Concussion is actually uh, very prevalent across the United States. Um, It's estimated that uh, there's between one and a half and three million concussions that happen uh, every year, and that's just in the pediatric population. We don't really have uh, a a good uh, marker for, for concussion for adults, and the vast majority of them go undiagnosed because people don't feel like they should go to the emergency department or report these things to their doctors. In my experience. The vast majority of of concussions that I've seen have been from your everyday activities, whether it was driving your car and you get rear-ended, or you take a fall down the stairs, or uh, something as simple as as hitting your head on a door or coming up too fast under a cabinet. Uh, These are all things that I've seen and all things that can cause uh, concussion and mild traumatic brain injury.
0: Dr. Weller, as we grow older, and I'm 55, Are we more at risk? I mean, are our skulls thinner or anything? Because we talk about children, as you said all the time, and helmets and safety and recognition and awareness. But as adults, are we now more susceptible if we bump our heads to a concussion or not necessarily?
1: I wouldn't say necessarily concussion per se. Uh, as we get older, our, our brains tend to reach their maximum volume uh, around uh, 20 years of age, and then they stay relatively stable until we reach that age of 50, and then there's a little bit of shrinkage or atrophy uh, over the next you know 25 to, to 30 years or so. So I would say that uh, your your risk of concussion doesn't go up when you get older, but your risk of something more severe like a, a hemorrhage in the brain or a subdural hematoma does definitely go up.
0: So as we talk about with kids, the buddy system and recognition of the symptoms, tell us what you want us to know about adults and the symptoms to recognize if we're getting a pan out of the thing and and the cabinet above us is open and we stand up and hit our head on that thing and that hurts like crazy, but our thoughts don't always go to concussion. Do you? What do you want us to be aware of symptom wise? And is this an emergent condition in adults? Is it something we tattle off to the emergency room or even call nine one one?
1: So the the first thing you're going to notice when you get an acute concussion is the the proverbial seeing stars, and and literally it is just that you you know you smack your head, um, you know you you headbutt someone accidentally or you run into another car and everything goes black for a few seconds and you actually see that flashing light. Uh, Afterwards you may notice you will f- feel either nothing, so most people or a lot of people feel relatively normal in the first uh, hours or even a few days after the injury, uh, or some people will notice things like headaches, uh, which are more centered toward the front, uh, neck pain and neck stiffness, which is associated with the whiplash type of injury uh, from the movement of the head, or things like dizziness and eye strain, which are all tied into the, the injury uh, process. And so. And thinking about going to the emergency room or calling 911, if you notice that these symptoms last more than a few seconds, if there are any what we call focal or localizing signs like weakness on one side or loss of vision or certainly um, change in your mental status, then that is definitely a time to call 911.
0: Then what's the standard of care for concussion treatment? Is there a treatment, and do you do imaging to find out? Tell us a little bit about what happens if we do go to see a specialist.
1: The mainstay of therapy is, has been debated for a long, long time, and, and really um, rest of the first prescription, uh, it's been questioned as to how much rest is necessary, how much rest is too much, and what we actually have have found that there is definitely such a thing as too much rest. Uh, When a person is is diagnosed with a a concussion, usually in the first few days or first couple of weeks, we do prescribe them an an amount of strict rest, and that includes everything from no television, no screens. I know people love to look at their phones, but those are actually uh, symptomatic for a lot of people, and especially no exercise and, and no activity at least for a a few days until the symptoms start to recover. And then we recommend a good physical therapy regimen, which includes all of these things like balance testing, vestibular therapy, uh, oculomotor retraining to get your eyes back into focus, as well as working on your neck range of motion to help decrease the symptoms and get the pain under control. There has been a a blood test that's that's recently been developed and and it really doesn't necessarily look for concussion per se. It looks for markers of more severe traumatic brain injury and it looks for spillage of um, contents of the brain into the bloodstream and that would be an indicator to get more advanced imaging like a CAT scan or an MRI. Most people don't need those because the symptoms are mild enough and the exam is normal enough that we can feel relatively reassured that the, the brain is is intact. But if things tend to persist longer than a few weeks, then we start rethinking our diagnosis and then go on to to further imaging.
0: I find it interesting you mentioned physical therapy and other types of therapy. So how does this management of the injury. Does this shorten recovery time or reduce the risk of long-term symptoms and complications? What would you like patients to know about the importance of following up if their doctor recommends those type of after-concussion therapies?
1: Absolutely. It has been shown, and there's good evidence that shows that physical therapy in a good concussion-based regimen does shorten the recovery period by a good three to six weeks. Most uh, concussions will recover within a period of, of one to, to six weeks, but with the therapy that helps give you a, a graded uh, in, increase in your activity regimen on, in a certified professional who's able to monitor your symptoms and, and sort of cut you off whenever you get too much or push you a little harder whenever you don't do enough, that actually helps to increase and, and shorten the, the recovery process that you get back to, to your normal life a lot faster.
0: Dr. Weller, as we talk about this with kids all the time, and the big question is return to play, return to school. But with adults, what about return to work? And if you're somebody who works at a desk in front of a computer or you work a very physical job, what do you want patients to know about when it's okay to start staring at that screen again or driving or any of those things?
1: So there's no consensus out there, but in my experience, what I've seen is is you take the same approach as you would to returning an athlete to the field or returning a kid to school. It's very much the the same activity as it is, you know, going to school and trying to learn material or do your, your job the way that you've always known how to do it. It's really about exposure. So, in, in my line of work, what we recommend is we have patients that start to feel better, and they may still have some symptoms, but they at least feel better, and we engage them into activity that's more specific to their their work environment or their learning environment. Some of the physical therapy uh, uh, locations can, can help with these by giving them more exposure to screens and more exposure to reading, but what we recommend is you, when you get back to work, you literally take it easy you know we go in half time half days a week so that you have time to recover so your symptoms will get better and then whenever you go on to the next day you won't feel so bad and, and you actually will feel much better and more confident in your abilities to get back to that level where you're used to working
0: what great advice Wrap it up for us, Dr. Weller. Best advice about concussions in adults and for those weekend warriors, even when they're riding a bike or running or playing weekend sports. What do you want us to know about hopefully preventing these in the first place?
1: So your your best bet, like you said, is, is prevention. So if you're riding a bike, wear a helmet. If you're uh, playing contact sports like your backyard football or, or recreational hockey, uh, remember to, to protect yourself. Remember, you only get one brain and it's better to not have the symptoms at all than to try to deal with the symptoms later on down the road.
0: Perfectly said. Thank you so much, Dr. Weller. Really, really great advice. And that wraps up this episode of Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. Head on over to our website at bmc.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast as informative as I did, Please share on your social media. Share with your friends and family because as adults, we don't think about concussions. We think that's only something that happens to our youth athletes, but that's really not the case. So share with your friends and family so we can all learn from the experts at Boston Medical Center together. And don't miss all the other fascinating podcasts in the Boston Medical Center library. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.